What's up and welcome to the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I'm Sabrina, and as a certified personal trainer and health coach, I'm here to help you live your best and most badass life. This space is for all the hot messes out there who are tired of feeling out of control, stuck, frustrated, and not at home in their own body. We'll focus on mindset, attitude, and habits surrounding sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement so that you're showing up for your whole self. Badass isn't a look, it's an attitude. It's an energy. So wherever you're at, settle in and get comfy. Let's do this. Hey friends, and welcome back to Badass is the New Skinny. So today I want to talk about something that my boyfriend said to our puppy. I know that sounds strange, but hear me out. I'm sitting at the dining table, which is my makeshift workstation, and he's making a cup of coffee. Libby, my one-year-old Bernadoodle puppy, is kind of bouncing back and forth between us for attention and snacks. I'm eating a cookie that boyfriend had brought home for me the night before, and Libby is all up in my face wanting bits of the cookie. Then boyfriend says, no Libs, you can't eat that, it'll make you sick and you'll keep eating it even though it'll make you sick. I sat there blinking as I ate the last bite of my cookie and his coffee pot began to brew. The joke with his coffee is that it's his sugar delivery system, and inevitably, he always ends up feeling like crap after he drinks it. He will tell you that it's not all the time, but it's pretty much all the time. And yet, he has a cup of coffee roughly four-ish times a week. To give credit where credit is due, he's working on this. We all have our vices. It's a work in progress. And, well, if you've been around the podcast for a while, you probably know that I have a cookie problem. Don't believe me? Go check out my Instagram for the Halloween pictures where I am dressed up as Cookie Monster. And then I did it again for Thanksgiving. True story. And as I sat there and finished my cookie, I just kept thinking about what he said. You can't eat that. It'll make you sick. And you'll keep eating it even though it'll make you sick. We're really no better than my puppy wanting a piece of my cookie. It also made me think of my family dog, Baloo, that we had when I was growing up. We used to joke in my family that his mindset was, anything that falls on the floor is food, and if it's not, that's okay, I can throw it up later. All of this really leads into a discussion about how many of us eat and drink things knowing that it'll make us feel like absolute garbage, and yet we do it anyway. It's the same with my cookies. As much as I love them, most of the time they don't love me back. And in general, I'm especially guilty of this. I'm a sucker for tasty food, and somehow I ended up as part of the clean plate club. No idea why. So it's rare for me to decide, hmm, I'm full, and then stop eating. No, no. No, 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 no. It's more like, wow, this is really good. Or, let's be honest, this food is kind of bland and only so-so. And even though I was full about four bites ago, I'm going to keep eating the whole other half of this meal until I feel sick and bloated, and who gives a fuck if I wake up in the middle of the night with a stomach ache that hangs on until I have to get up in the morning and then I feel terrible and my clothes don't fit right, and I'm just in a peachy mood to get in front of people and offer any kind of advice or guidance for how to live a healthy life. Nothing quite like showing up to your day job feeling like a hypocrite and an imposter. So why do we do this? Why do we eat and eat and eat even though we're not hungry anymore? Especially when it's food that if we eat it, we'll feel like crap. I have some theories. 
One, for me at least, is that I'm a middle child and my sisters were always taking things from me, so I learned to be a little extra protective of my stuff and eat real fast before they could get to it. Especially if there was even the slightest chance I'd want seconds. So in this case, I'll blame my survival instincts. Two is instant gratification. Why worry about the painful consequences when we can indulge in the pleasure right now? Three, Food scientists are evil masterminds who have figured out a way for us to sabotage ourselves and work against our own best interest. This makes me think of the Supernatural episode in Season 7, which, let's be honest, was kind of the worst season of an otherwise awesome series. The episode about the turducken slammer in which these burgers are engineered to keep people eating and eating and eating and to care about nothing else. It's a whole thing. I won't get into it more here, but that's what it makes me think of. And yes, these people did eventually eat themselves to death, basically. Now, all of this is just my own conjecture, right? So it got me thinking, why do we actually do this? Why do we eat beyond the point of fullness or choose foods that we know make us feel ultra shitty? And then why do we do it over and over and over again? Now, for any of you out there thinking to yourselves, I don't do that. Do people do that? Is this a thing? Not me. I eat until I'm full and then I stop. And if it makes me feel sick, I don't eat it again. Well, I was going to say you can fuck right off, but that would be rude. So instead I'll say, good for you. And maybe this podcast episode isn't for you except mainly for entertainment purposes, if not for informational purposes. Everybody's welcome here. Please stick around if this is of interest to you. And of course, I'm mostly joking. But seriously, this if this isn't something that you experience or that you struggle with, you might not get as much out of this episode. But you're welcome to hang around and give yourself a pat on the back for your success in this area because it's definitely a tough one to overcome and it's awesome if this is a place that you've gotten to. I'll be honest, I started researching this topic and my first thought was... Well, duh, of course, because in my initial list of assumptions, there are so many things that I missed and ultimately I overcomplicated it and danced around the obvious. What we're talking about here, simplified, is why we overeat. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Put simply, overeating is eating past the point of fullness. And for a lot of us, myself included, Overeating is the result of eating too quickly and not giving our bodies a chance to recognize that we're full. That's why mindful eating and eating slowly are among the main tips for overcoming overeating or for just eating healthier in general. I'm going to try and rein in this topic a little bit because this can go in so many different directions and get really confusing really quickly. To circle back, the main question and the primary thing that piqued my interest is why do people overeat? and or eat even when something doesn't taste particularly good or we're not especially hungry. To tackle this topic, I'm going to briefly break down some reasons for why we overeat. As I go through them, I encourage you to think about what might ring true for you and how this knowledge and self-awareness can help you make better choices going forward. I'll share my self-reflections at the end. As a quick disclaimer, most of what I'm talking about here is supported by information that I found from the Cleveland Clinic's website, so I'll link to that in the show notes if you'd like to dive deeper into this rabbit hole. Okay, so some reasons why people overeat. First, and this is a big one for me, emotional eating. 
Think about your eating behaviors maybe over the last two to four days. When did you find yourself mindlessly eating or overeating the most? If you're an emotional eater, it might have been when you were sad, stressed, tired, frustrated, or otherwise emotionally amped up. In those instances, people are susceptible to overeating because when we eat food, it releases endorphins, which is what helps us feel better. I feel like the poster child for this lately because my life has been a little bit of an out-of-control dumpster fire and I've made cookies their own food group. Charming, I know. Next, I'm going to talk about a couple of things together. Eating preferred foods and eating processed foods. Yes, they're two different things, but I'm grouping these together because for so many of us, they're one and the same. Or we fall into these traps simultaneously. Highly processed foods are manufactured to taste really good and keep you eating, and by nature, it's easier to overeat when we're eating foods that we enjoy. This isn't to say that you can't overeat healthy foods. For instance, I'm not allowed to sit down with a bag of cherries. I have to portion some out into a bowl or I will just go ham. Now, for the sake of clarity, I say I'm not allowed to as more of a figure of speech than to be taken literally. I'm a goddamn adult and I'm allowed to eat what I want. I tell myself I'm not allowed to because it's my playful way of reminding myself that if I sit down and eat a whole bag of cherries, life will be regrets. Long story short, one of the reasons why people overeat is because they're eating food they really like, whether it's processed or not. But generally speaking, it's especially common with highly processed foods because they're designed to keep you eating. Another couple of reasons that I want to talk about together are social situations and large portion sizes. When you think about the different ways that we socialize, you'll find that most of the time it's based around food. Lunches, dinners, happy hours, celebrations, and so on. And I think at this point we're all very familiar with how overly large the portion sizes can be when we dine out at a restaurant. It's just out of control. So when you combine the large portion sizes with a lot of the feelings and emotions that go along with socializing, it's not hard to understand how these things can lead to overeating. And of course, these causes of overeating don't need to be paired up to be true. Again, like I was saying before with eating foods you like and eating processed foods. But the two do go hand in hand quite a bit. In fact, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've learned how to spend time with friends without it revolving around food. Not to say that it never does. I still enjoy going out to eat and socializing and all of that. But I've gotten better at finding other ways to socialize. However, to play my own devil's advocate, a lot of times those social gatherings still revolve around snacks and food, especially when it's like a game night situation. This is something that I've caught on to at least, and I've been more mindful about it. For example, boyfriend and I will still buy chips and cookies and such for game night, but we'll also buy fruit and or veggie trays to have some healthier snacking options. Next, I'm not going to go into this one too much, but I did want to acknowledge it, and that's medication and medical conditions. Some medications can make you feel hungry more often or interrupt your body's natural signals that you're full, and some medical conditions can also contribute to overeating. If you think that this is something that might be an issue for you, I always recommend talking to your doctor, and don't stop taking medications without first talking to your doctor. If this is something that you're particularly concerned about, the only thing I really want to say is that you have the right as a patient to ask about alternatives. Sometimes there will be options and sometimes not. 
I'm not here to say one way or the other, but I do want to encourage you to ask questions and feel empowered to be active in the decision-making process when it comes to your health. Create a partnership with your doctor so that you can advocate together for the best solutions for you. And if there are solutions that don't involve medications that make you feel hungrier or eat more often, then it's worth talking about those options. Finally, there's a few things that I'm not really going to go into, but I just want to acknowledge that they can contribute to overeating, and that can include things like social and cultural expectations, time of day, eating while distracted, energy output, or in other words, being more active, and disordered eating or eating disorders. All of these things can be bigger conversations, and hopefully it goes without saying that the things that I've talked about here are not the be-all end-all. Like most things in life, the reasons for why people overeat are complex and can be deeply personal. That doesn't make it any less frustrating, especially when you're feeling like overeating tendencies are controlling you or are stronger than you. Feeling unable to overcome overeating can be super frustrating, especially if you have a clear understanding for your health goals and what it takes to get there. I've talked about this on this podcast before, about how if you really want something, you can do it. And if you can't do it, then maybe you don't really want it. I want to take this opportunity to clarify something in case I've given the wrong impression, which I can see how that would happen. For the most part, I still strongly believe that. A lot of us get in our own way because we are ambivalent or apathetic about change. We say we want something, but we're not willing to make the changes to actually achieve what we want to achieve. And then there are a lot of things that are deeply ingrained or maybe are beyond our immediate control. Sometimes our barriers are bigger than just how bad we want something, and I feel I've done a shitty job at highlighting that side of things and make some of these struggles sound easier than they might be. I might need to do a separate podcast episode on this to really give it the recognition it deserves, but I just want to say that if you're struggling to overcome overeating and you feel like you've tried everything and nothing has worked, I understand it's more complicated than wanting it bad enough. Sometimes, as I've talked about, overeating can be circumstantial, like how we're socializing, the portion sizes we choose, how quickly we eat, and how we manage difficult emotions. And sometimes it's more complicated than that because there are medical issues, trauma, or mental health issues that if not addressed, can make overcoming overeating nearly impossible, or at least feel like it's nearly impossible. I'm not a mental health professional, so I'm not going to try and speak from that perspective, but I'll speak from a personal perspective. I overeat on a regular basis. I've been subjected to many comments, playful and otherwise, about how much I can eat. Maybe someday I'll talk more about that, but for now, I just mention it because I'm very aware of my tendency to overeat. For me, the biggest culprits are pretty much all of the things that I've mentioned. Eating too fast, emotional eating, social situations, large portion sizes, and eating foods I really like, especially highly processed foods. I'm looking at you, Oreos. These are things that I have some control over. I can control what snacks I bring to game night and how I portion them out. I have control over how quickly I eat and what portion sizes I serve myself. I can control, to an extent, how I manage my emotions. But there are things below the surface that are harder and will take some more exploration. I've mentioned before that my mom struggled with anorexia nearly all her life. 
She tried her best, but she was hyper-focused on weight and size, though she tried to associate it with things like too much weight is not good for your knees and skeletal structure. Masking the vanity motivations or whatever, you know, trauma or history she had with it. When I was in high school, I think it was my freshman year, might have been my sophomore year, my mom supported seriously disordered eating habits that, in retrospect, I'm shocked she allowed and even contributed to. I'm five foot seven and had gotten to be pretty tall pretty early compared to my classmates. I was also a little overweight. Not a lot, but enough for me to feel uncomfortable and self-conscious about it in the day and age of low-rise jeans and wannabe crop tops. I have a long torso, and it was hard to keep it covered with what was in style. Anyway, so in this vulnerable stage I was in, I decided I was going to go on a diet. 1,200 calories max. Sound familiar? One of the ways that I achieved that is for lunch, I would have a diet soda. That was it. In the morning on my way out the door to go to school, I would get a dollar bill from my mom to get a soda from the vending machine. She happily handed over the dollar bill and encouraged this for however long it lasted. I really don't remember. Now, to be fair, it's possible that she also encouraged me to have a big healthy breakfast or dinner or whatever supporting healthier habits in other ways where she could. But if she did, I don't remember it. From her perspective, I was trying to prevent getting fat, and she was in support of that, even if she would never say as much. I tell this story for a lot of reasons, but primarily because I want to demonstrate how we have experiences in our lives that can make something like not overeating a lot more complicated than just eat mindfully. I want to acknowledge that when we try to overcome these challenges and address these habits, that we are often up against experiences and influences that we may not even fully recognize or be aware of. So if you're trying to overcome overeating or if you're trying to make other changes that quote unquote should be easy and it's not, focus instead on doing your best and giving yourself some grace. In fact, every time you find yourself criticizing your actions or in that negative mindset, acknowledge a recent win that you've had, even if that win is as simple as you recognized the reason that you overate in the first place. This shit's hard, and it's more complex than we often give it credit for, and I'm just as guilty for contributing to this rhetoric. Okay, I'm going to wrap things up here because I ended up on a little bit of a tangent, but I feel that it was an important one. And there's more to dive into, but for now, I hope that this was helpful, and even if you don't take any action based on what I've talked about today, maybe it will at least give you more to think about and give you a reason to be more gentle with yourself. I think we could all use a little bit more of that. Thanks so much for hanging in there with me today. Go do something that brings you joy and makes you smile, and I will catch up with you next time. Later, my friends. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend or loved one so that we can grow this badass community. If you have ideas, questions, or your own badass story that you'd like to share, hit me up on Instagram at Badass is the New Skinny or check out the Badass is the New Skinny Facebook group. I appreciate you being here, my friends. Now make today awesome.